Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the podcast where you will get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. This episode is sponsored by Full Bay. If you own or operate a heavy-duty repair shop, you should check out this game-changing cloud-based solution. And you really can have it all. Efficient techs, faster invoicing, better inventory tracking, and more time with your family. To learn more, go to fullbay.com HDPR. That's fullbay.com HDPR today. The trucking industry started to really change around 2010. The introduction of more emission control technology was just the beginning. Truck manufacturers have rapidly adopted multiple forms of technology, and this has transformed modern commercial vehicles. And honestly, we haven't seen anything yet. In the next decade, we are going to see an acceleration of this trend. If you are involved in any part of the manufacturing, supply of parts, the maintenance and repair cycle of vehicles, you're going to see things really, really start to accelerate. And there's all kinds of technology that is causing that to happen. Now, what can we do to not only weather the storm of the change that's coming, but also to actually thrive in an environment where there will be opportunity? Well, to help us answer that question, I'd like to introduce Lindsay Duran, Chief Marketing Officer at Zilliant. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jamie. I'm happy to be here. Now, we met at HDAW in Texas, where you spoke about how parts manufacturers and distributors can use data to help them with their business strategy. So I guess we're kind of turning this technology to our advantage. But first, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the problems in the parts industry today. What does the data tell us about customer churn and missed opportunities on pricing and margin? Sure. What we see in the data and what we see anecdotally from conversations and our work with companies in this space is that pricing and a lot of commercial decisions are really still very much a guessing game. We rely heavily on salesperson intuition to determine what the right price should be. The phrase, I know my customer better than anyone else is is often uttered or 30% or 35% is a fair margin. I couldn't possibly charge my customers more than that. And so What we typically find is that companies, because they have such distributed commercial decision-making with their sales teams, are losing a considerable amount of money, both in terms of lost margin dollars when it comes to pricing, but also missing out on opportunities to grow wallet share and retain that customer wallet share. When you think about a typical salesperson in a truck parts distributor, for example, they might manage 40 to 60 different accounts. 
And those customers might be purchasing anywhere between 50 to 200 different line items from them. Now, imagine trying to figure out how to price every single one of those products and also figure out when a customer is beginning to reduce their overall purchase volume on any one item. That can be really difficult for a human being who's so busy visiting so many customers with so many other responsibilities to spot. And so that's really where data and more advanced software can come into play and really help companies make a difference. So I know that in some of the advanced retail operations, they're pricing things not by category of product, not even by product line. They get right down to individual products, sometimes by the time of the day or the location on the shelf. So how does a parts distribution company get more sophisticated in their pricing strategy? And and does that benefit the person buying the parts? Sure. So in more retail operations, like you described, there typically isn't as much back and forth negotiation. You and I don't walk into a Walmart and negotiate with the price that's on the shelf. The price is the price. But in a business to business context, if I am selling a part to a mechanic at a garage, there's much more negotiation there. So there's not typically just one price for one product. There's often many prices for a product and the price is specific to that unique selling circumstance, not necessarily what the customer down the street is paying. And so for the end customer today, depending on who your sales rep is and how good your negotiation skills are, Even if you have the exact same relationship with that particular supplier as your competitor garage down the street, you might actually be paying a higher price simply because you didn't think to negotiate or that sales rep didn't understand the market as well. And so one of the things we see with our customers, which is a bit counterintuitive, is that when you can use data to set prices and set prices that are specific to the part that you're selling, the selling circumstance, how much that customer is ordering that customer's relationship with you. When you can set prices that take into account all of those different factors, you're actually giving your end customers a more fair price. So you could encourage customers to therefore buy more with you if they wanted to get more advantageous discounts, but if they cherry pick from you or they exhibit unprofitable buying behavior, then perhaps they should pay a higher price than someone down the street who is exhibiting better buying behavior and maybe buys a broader breadth of of products from you and gives you the majority of their business. So when I was a sales account manager and I was calling on fleets and repair shops, I wish I worked for a company that only assigned 40 to 60. I had over 80 clients to cover. (laughs) But one thing that they consistently did say to me is that they they felt that they were paying too much for their parts. If we raise our prices, aren't we jeopardizing our sales? Aren't sales going to go down? Well, you have to think about strategically where you want to raise your prices. I wouldn't recommend raising your prices on customers that spend a lot of money with you on products that are fast moving parts, right? Think about opportunities for profit improvement on those parts that you sell just once in a while to maybe some customers that don't give you all of their business. So if you think about raising your prices across the board, then yes, certainly volume will go down. That's simply how how math works and you'll lose share. But if you can factor in a customer's sensitivity to 
a price point on a given product, think about price elasticity, let's go back to our, our economics classes in college, then you can understand where you have a more or less sensitive customer to a given product and then adjust your prices accordingly. They will certainly be upset if you raise price on something that they buy a lot of, but if it's an item that they buy once or twice a year, maybe not as much. So our listeners who are repair shop owners are, you know, yelling at the speaker right now because they don't want their prices to go up at all. But I would like them to think about something. The strategy that Lindsay's recommending for parts distributors to use will actually help repair shop owners as well. Because if they do the work, repair shop owners are marking up their parts. And so if they do the work and they price things properly, then you're going to, as a repair shop owner, actually be able to get the proper margin for each part that you buy from that distributor. So on the A-mover stuff, the high-moving mar- you know, stuff, the margin is less, and, and we understand that. But on some of those other parts, if they charge you a little more, you're going to mark that up. So you're going to charge a, a more fair price for the actual value of that part. Would you agree with that? Or is there something I'm missing there? I think that's absolutely fair. And I think one key point to clarify is up is improving your prices doesn't necessarily mean raising your prices. We find that in many businesses we work with, 20% of their transactions are overpriced. So they're actually overshooting the optimal price point that would get them the most margin and probably losing more deals than not in that 20% of the time. About 50% of the time, they're getting the the price relatively right. And about 30% of the time, they're underpricing. So improving your prices is more about getting to a market-aligned price, not simply raising your prices across the board. So even if I get this right and my customers get it right, it doesn't mean that my competitors won't go to market with an irrational pricing strategy. How do we combat the race to the bottom? Sure, sure. It's, you know... We like to think that all boats rise with the tide, and we certainly find in industries where companies start taking advantage of pricing software using more data-driven pricing strategies that the market price kind of stabilizes and everyone is, is competing on an equal playing field and getting their fair share of the market, not necessarily racing to the bottom on, on pricing. So one, getting the word out about the importance of pricing and not racing to the bottom um, I think is is one of the keys. But you also are always going to win deals under other competitive circumstances, right? And price is just one piece of the equation. Your service, your relationship with the customer, the availability of parts, a number of other intangible factors can impact whether or not you are going to win a deal in the in the market. And price may not be the only driving factor. So I think it's important to remember that and to not contribute to that race to the bottom because your competitors are watching what you do. And if you're holding your prices steady and not dragging the market down, then they're less likely to do that. That's one of the reasons we focus on educating people about the importance of lowering cost per mile, as opposed to just focusing on the purchase price of the parts you buy alone. It's There's so much more to the equation than, than just the initial price. That's just one component. And I think that's what you're speaking to. Absolutely. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Lindsay Duran, Chief Marketing Officer at Zilliant. Now, at HDAW, Lindsay, you said, and I quote, you don't need as much data as you think. And that really got my attention. 
What data should people start with when trying to address these issues that we've been speaking about? Sure. You know, when we talk to companies, they often say, well, I don't have the right sources of data or my data is far too dirty. There's no way that I can possibly use any kind of data-driven pricing model, the old adage, garbage in, garbage out. And while there's certainly some truth to that, every company has a relatively clean source of data just by virtue of the fact that they're able to bill and invoice their customers, right? And that's the data that you collect over the course of doing business. Which customers bought what products or services, when, for how much, and in what quantity, right? This is how you bill your customers. And so that data source actually carries a considerable wealth of information, enough to, more than enough, frankly, to help you drastically improve your prices and your pricing strategy. And so the bulk of our customers, that is actually the only data source that they often have available to them when they start. Now, more and more companies are getting access to additional data sources, collecting third-party data, seeing e-commerce or other online data market indices, which may be useful to them. But really, that transaction data is the starting point and the foundation for everything. And every company that's in business um, has a, a plethora of that information. Lindsay, have you heard of Truck Parts Premium that's powered by the folks over at Diesel Laptops? I have. Okay, good. I'm involved with Diesel Laptops. I'm actually helping them with the development of that program. One of the advanced features of Truck Parts Premium is actually inventory analysis. So if you are limited in your ability to kind of analyze that data, as long as you can export into an Excel format, then that Truck Parts Premium platform will actually help you analyze your inventory, help you analyze your prices, and be able to make some educated decisions. So that that's something that if you're kind of thinking, yeah, I don't really have the tech, then Truck Parts Premium is a, is a viable option to at least start down the path of making some better decisions. So it's a shameless plug, but uh, hey, it's my show, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> How much of an impact does a small adjustment in margin have on your overall performance and profitability in your business? Sure. Just a very slight 1% improvement in price can have a 10% improvement in overall margin in your business. So if you, if you were to look at all of the factors that impact margin, right? You have price and you have cost and you have volume, and then to some extent, mixed effects of the product mix that you're selling. When you look at um, the impact of cost reductions on margin or the impact of um, volume increases on margin. Those are helpful in terms of, you know, driving overall margin improvement, but you need a considerably higher percentage change in those two drivers in order to equate just that 1% improvement in pricing. There's a really great book called The Price Advantage that details this um, pretty extensively that I'd highly recommend people read if they want to get smarter about pricing and the impact that it can have on your margins. But but really, that's the place to start if you're looking for margin improvement. Lindsay, that, that book that you mentioned, uh, we're going to make sure that that is uh, in the show notes so that people can link to it. And then hopefully they'll be able to take advantage of that great information. I'd like to turn our attention now to the future. You know, I'd really like for you and I to have the rest of our conversation to just kind of be frank and honest about where we think things are going. Because my personal feeling after being in this business for 22 years, it's a very traditional business. It's been very difficult for a lot of people to adapt to the changes that are coming, and it's just going to accelerate. 
in the next, let's say, five years, what can manufacturers and parts distributors do to adapt to forces, things like the Amazon effect, things like uh, entire industries changing the way they do business? In our business, the parts distribution channel has been almost sacred, but it's only going to take one manufacturer to decide to go with a full direct-to-consumer go-to-market strategy, and the whole house of cards is going to start to fall down. You get to work with a lot of different industries, so I'm sure you've already seen this in other industries. What can we do to adapt? What can we do to actually thrive in a situation where there's so much change? Sure. And the threat of disintermediation that you described is is very real. And we see that in a lot of different distribution businesses. You know, at HDAW, I started out the presentation by asking the audience uh, how many of them were afraid of, of Amazon. And I was shocked to see that 20% or less of hands went up in the room. And if you look at the impact that Amazon has had on other industries, um, to not be afraid and to recognize that that is a major threat to your business and your way of life um, is is unfortunate because I think to your point about what can we can we do to combat the the threat and to change our business the first thing is to recognize that you can't continue down the current path and on the status quo recognize that you have a problem in other words and so we talk to our customers a lot about how they need to reimagine their approach to pricing and sales. And so this industry in particular is ripe for disruption. All of the gut feel decisions that that happen in the thought process of, well, that's just the way we've always done things and I know my customer best and I don't need data. Um, those types of thoughts and that mentality is means that you are very close to being beaten already. And so I would highly encourage um, all companies, regardless of size, I know there are a lot of companies in the market that uh, are on the smaller side that may not be able to afford, you know, expensive software tools, but start looking at how you can make decisions using data and finding opportunities to improve revenue and margin simply by using the data that you already have. And if you have the means and the extra capital to invest, you know, think about what your e-commerce experience looks like. There are a lot of tools on the market today that can enable you to have a very Amazon-like customer experience on your on your website. And I would highly encourage people to think about how e-commerce should play into their business, how they can shift to um, more profitable sales channels. You may not need everything to go through outside sales reps. What about an inside sales team, as an example? So there are a number of things that you can do, but I really think it it starts with taking a look at your data and seeing how you can use that information to make much better decisions. If you're new to the podcast, I'd like you to go back and listen to episode 31 with Dr. Gleb Sapersky. He's a disaster avoidance expert, and he uh, talks about why it's so important to not go with your gut. And uh, his book actually really lays out the strategies for making you know good decisions despite being in difficult situations. Now, when I listen to what you're talking about, the thing that comes to mind, actually, I'm going to get real here. I got a text message the, uh, yesterday or the day before from a sales rep, and he was at a conference. And he said to me that the speaker, the keynote speaker, was talking about how most companies, they talk about change, but they rarely take action. And the company that he was there with, 
is kind of notorious for that. And so he, he was saying to me how ironic it was that this company brought in a keynote speaker with that message. And yet, historically, they've been a company that has been very resistant to change. How do we get people to wake up to just how bad it could be if they don't respond? Sure. I think people respond more to seeing how much they stand to lose as opposed to seeing the opportunity in front of them. It's funny. We find from a business cycle perspective with many companies that it's in good times, they think, well, we're making money hand over fist. Why would we need to invest in any kind of solution that would give us more margin or or increase our revenue. We're doing great as it is. We don't, we don't need any kind of outside help or need to change anything. And it's when the market starts to fall um, and there's some uncertainty in the market that that's when people think, oh gosh, maybe I do need to do something. And oftentimes they then have you know, freezes on the capital they can spend and they don't necessarily have the money to invest. Yesterday, I had a conversation with a, a customer in an in an entirely different industry in the building products space, but you know they made the comment that we we need to do something about pricing now, and even if we don't do a great job at it, it's still better than us doing nothing at all. And so, to the point about how do you get started, it's it's really you know think about what you could what you what you stand to lose, right? How much money are you losing today because you're not making changes as opposed to what your upside is? So really, that kind of cost of the problem. People are more motivated by what they're going to lose versus what they're going to gain. And even if the worst doesn't happen to you, you made things better. So what's wrong with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. If there's one thing you want listeners to take away from today's conversation, Lindsay, what's that one thing? I'd say don't wait to get started. You have a ton of information at your disposal um, you can make a difference even without spending a lot of money. Don't let the the fear of change um, hinder you from trying to make a meaningful difference. Uh, your your sales reps, I know, may be challenged or you know concerned if you start taking away any control related to pricing or telling them where they need to spend their time with different customers. But I honestly believe that um, if you take the time to explain how it can help them, what's in it for them, that they will embrace the change um, and really help you move your business forward. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Lindsay Duran, Chief Marketing Officer at Zillion. To learn more, go to zillion.com. And I'd like to encourage everyone listening, if this resonated with you, if you want to make change happen in your business, You have people available who are trying to help and who are available to help you today. Reach out to Lindsay, reach out to me. We're here as a resource for you and we want to see you succeed. Lindsay, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jamie. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Go to heavydutypartsreport.com today to subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating and review on the podcast player of your choice. I'd like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile over purchase price and... Let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling.
HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment. 